I want to bring a word of encouragement because I think there's enough discouragement go around this world and, and we receive it all the time. And as we enter into 2017, I want to pray that, that you start off with a word of encouragement and will pursue God in a way uh, that really opens your eyes to go, you know what? He is on my side. So let's pray and then ask His Word to speak to us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. Lord, we thank You for this first day of 2017 and the chance we get to be here to worship You and honor You and, and Lord, to hear from You. And Lord, I just pray today that You speak through the reading of Your Word and, and the preaching of your, of your Word today. Lord, open our minds and our hearts and help us to hear from You in a strong, powerful way this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. In the early church, uh, the Apostle Paul, who had written over half the New Testament, many, many of you understand that, was a missionary who traveled from city to city, establishing churches and helping people come to know who Jesus is. And he travels from city to city and he establishes churches. And then as he went on, he would get reports back about what's happening at these different churches. Rather, good things were happening or bad things were happening. And then he would write letters and a letter would be sent and it would take a long time to get there. But eventually it would get to the church there and they would gather in a room kind of like this. And someone would stand up and say, hey, let me read to you these, these letters, these words from the Apostle Paul. You remember the missionary Paul? He was here a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. Ago, and he and people would gather around and really want to listen in and say, well, what did the Apostle Paul have to say? Because, you know, they saw the power and the strength in him and his teaching and his word. And so he wrote these words to a group called the Ephesians or the church at Ephesus. And I think he wrote them to remind them, one, of who they are in Christ, but also as words of encouragement. I just want you to listen closely. I ask the guys not put it on the screen. I just want you to put yourselves in a setting of maybe a, a house that's a little bit dark because uh, the lighting wasn't great. The, the floor's a little bit dirt, maybe dirty. And, and there's probably a lot of people who have gathered in because they didn't have church buildings per se like we have here. They are packed in real tight and they're just on the edge of anticipation going, what's the Apostle Paul uh, saying to us? And here's what he said. He said, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler and the king of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. He's saying you were dead because you were following Satan, basically. He said, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Even when we are dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. What a word of encouragement. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show His incomparable riches of His grace, expressing His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. It's really interesting because I think they were struggling with going back to the old ways of living, even though they had embraced the grace of Jesus Christ. And so Paul's saying, don't forget about that grace. Don't forget about God's love. Don't forget about His mercy. Don't go back to the old ways of the sinful nature of gratifying that. Remember that grace and live in that. And then here's the verse that I just want us to kind of dive in and to understand today. He says, for we are God's workmanship. 
We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he reminds them, my God loves you so much, he gives you his grace, and he, we are his workmanship. It's kind of like a, a, a potter who takes a lump of clay and puts it on the wheel and starts spinning it and starts shaping it and shaping it and working on it. This passage is a strong passage. I want you to understand this passage from kind of another perspective. And so I found this great teaching I want you to watch this morning and understand this verse a little bit deeper today. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like... <laughs> But I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What well, gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. With the platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. 
I mean, I, I gotta admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish, it's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever gonna hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize, heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways could... are not oh, my ways. I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning. I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning... And I look at him in the mirror. And I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid 
who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece.
How do you view yourself this morning as you head into a new year? You stand up and you look at the mirror every single day. What do you see? Do you see failure? Do you see junk? Do you see a child of God? What are you seeing as you head into this new year? Look at what he put on the, had to put on the screen here. Exactly what he said. He said, Tommy is God's masterpiece. Do you believe that about yourself today? Do you believe you are really God's masterpiece? I want us to do a little exercise together. I want you to put your name where the blank is. And let's say it together. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Brian is God's masterpiece. Let's try that again and really listen to what you're saying. One, two, three. Brian is God's masterpiece. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. We live in this world that gets us down. We live in this world that lies to us. We live in a world that stresses us out and brings discouragement. I pray this year you will pursue God and let him be your masterpiece. You say, how, how do I do that? How do I do that continually? Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. That's the answer. Let us fix our eyes. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We're going to begin 2017 with learning, how do I fix my eyes on Jesus? How do I fix my eyes upon him? And then a theme for the year this year is probably 85% of the sermons this year are going to be geared on Jesus and who Jesus is and who our relationship is with him. Everything I'm going to do in 2017 is going to be helping us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus so that we understand he is the author and perfecter of our faith and he is, he is the one who shapes us to be the masterpiece he desires us to be. I want to ask you, church, to pray this prayer. You're going to see it come out. It'll be in print. It'll be in emails. To make this a prayer is actually a prayer at the beginning of the video that kind of grabbed my mind and went, why don't we make that a prayer for 2017 that says, do whatever it takes to mold me into your image, to the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. I'm going to make it a prayer for, I pray you'll pray that for yourself, but pray that for this body, that we can pray, Lord, do whatever it takes to mold this congregation. Do whatever it takes to mold th th this, this family of believers. Do whatever it takes to mold me. Do whatever it takes to mold my family to the image of your son. Make us your masterpiece. It's our goal. It's our goal for 2017 that we will fix our eyes on Jesus. We'll allow him to shape us and guide us to be the masterpiece he so desires us to be. Because he has great things he's planned for us way in advance. But we need our eyes to be fixed upon him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we just pray this simple prayer, Lord, that you will do whatever it takes to mold us.
Father, mold us individually, mold us as a body of believers, mold us into the image of Your Son. Lord, make us Your masterpiece. Lord, You have great things planned way in advance. You have great things for us, Lord, in, in our homes. You have great things for, for us as, as men and women and son and daughter and moms and dads and brother and sister. Lord, You have great things planned for us as a congregation. But Lord, our eyes need to be fixed upon You. And so, Lord, as we head into 2017 and we're thinking about goals and we're thinking about New Year's resolutions, Lord, uh, there's not a better resolution than saying, Lord, I want to fix my eyes upon You. And not a better resolution, Lord, for us to pray that You would mold us in the image of Your Son. And so, Lord, help us in this journey. Help us this year as we pursue You and we focus on You and we fix our eyes on You, Lord. Help us to stay strong in that focus as a church. Help us stay strong in that focus as a family. Help us to stay strong in that focus as an individual that will fix our eyes upon You, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Father, as we prepare now to receive communion, we say thank You because You do understand our pain, our suffering, our trial, our hardship, our difficulties. You understand sacrifice. And we say thank You for the sacrifice of Your Son, Jesus, who went to the cross for us who died for us, who made it possible for us to have eternity with God in heaven. We now honor you and celebrate you and say thank you as we receive this time of communion. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.